Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I'm so glad that you have joined us today as we're going to be addressing the question, Are Women Allowed to Preach? Now, this is a question that we get pretty regularly because of our teachings on this, and it's not our teachings, it's God's teachings on this. And because of the way that the world is going, the way that many denominations, even the way that many congregations of the Lord's Church have started to turn, we get this question quite often. And so I want us to look at, like what we mentioned in the very first lesson, biblical authority. Doesn't matter what I think, doesn't matter what you think, doesn't matter what your pastor or your reverend or your preacher or your minister, your mother, grandmother, dad, whoever, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. The only thing that matters is what God says. And so when we're addressing this, I want us to be looking at two main passages in the New Testament that describe and discuss this very thing. First of all, notice with me 1 Corinthians 14 in verses 33 through uh, 35, specifically 34 and 35, I should say. It's Paul writing there says, The women should keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. If there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it shall be shameful for a woman to speak in church. Here Paul says very clearly, very plainly, that women are to remain silent. Now this does not mean that women are lesser Christians, and we're going to try to look at that hopefully a little bit later in this, this study. But Paul says, in the worship assembly, women are to remain silent. Now, how do we know he's talking about the worship assembly? First of all, at the end of verse 35, he says, in church. But also, if you were to go back to verse 26, when this discussion about orderly worship really begins, really, I guess he's been talking about it the whole chapter. But in verse 26, what then, brothers? When you come together, when you come together, when would that be? During worship. When the church comes together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. So he's saying when you come together, first of all, they had a lot of issues. But when you come together, these things are to be done to build one another up. And as he's going through all of these things, he reminds them in verses 34 and 35, what we just read, that the women are to remain silent in those situations. He says they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. Now, this isn't the only passage that talks about this. Go to the book of 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 8 through 12. <clears throat> there Paul, again writing, says, I desire that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness, with good works. 
Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to, or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Again, Paul, when he's talking to Timothy, says very similar to what he said there in 1 Corinthians 14. In these assemblies, the women are to not, and I like what he says there in verse 12, to exercise authority. They are to not get up above and to, again, assert authority over the men. He says, rather, again, she is to remain quiet. Now, in verse 8, he says something also that's very important. He says, I desire then that in every place the men. Now, there's two different Greek words that are often in the English language translated as man or men. Uh, one of those is anthropos. And in fact, he uses these words earlier in this chapter in verse for who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. I believe some translations use the word men or man in that particular verse. That word, the Greek word, is anthropos, referring not to the male gender, but to humanity, mankind. But in verse 8, the word for men there is the Greek word aner, which is talking specifically about males. So he's saying... I desire, now he's already talked about mankind as a whole. He's not talking about mankind as a whole in verse 18. He has switched and he is saying the men, the males, are to pray in every place, in those public settings. They are to be the ones that get up and to teach and to pray. And again, as he mentions in the, the later verses that we just read, the women are to remain in silence. So are women allowed to preach or are women allowed to teach? It, it depends. It depends on the context of their teaching. If this is in a worship assembly where both men and women are present, then no. Women are not allowed to teach. But women are still commanded to teach. And in fact, if you were to go to the book of Titus, Looking at, I believe it's chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, the women are commanded to teach the younger women. So again, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, it's not that women are lesser. Paul is not saying that women are inferior, that they are second-class citizens, that they're second-class Christians. He is just simply describing and prescribing their role within the church. That in those mixed assemblies, as we often call them, they are to remain silent. But yet in other situations, such as with children and in other occasions, other women, if it may be the case, then they are, they are allowed to teach. And in fact, they are not just allowed to teach, they are commanded to teach. So again, it's not that women are second-class citizens or anything of that nature. I think about also 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, whenever Peter is uh, discussing that marriage relationship and how men are to treat their wives, he says, likewise, uh, husbands, live with your wives in understanding, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Peter is saying that both men and women who are members of, of the Lord's body are heirs of eternal life. If you were to think about heirs, usually an heir has an elevated status above the rest of the people. Especially looking at biblical times, specifically Old Testament times, 
usually the firstborn son was the heir. He was the one that was going to receive the inheritance. He had a greater status over all of his brethren. But what Peter is saying is that men and women alike in the body of Christ are joint heirs. One is not above the other. One is not more important. One does not have a higher status than the other. But we are joint heirs together. So when we look at these passages, we need to understand Pete or Paul and, and the New Testament and God is not saying that women are inferior because we are still equal. We just simply play different roles. Now, if, you're, if you've noticed this, if you've studied this, if you've talked about this with people, one of the main arguments people present in this discussion is, well, that was just a cultural thing. Back in the first century and even prior to that and even after that, women really were considered second-class citizens. They were considered inferior human beings, and you know what? You're right. But that's not the reason why we see this in the Scripture. In fact, if you're still there in 1 Timothy chapter 2, continue along with me in that passage, and Paul gives us the reason as to why this is the case. Verse 13, For, or because, this is the reason, Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. A lot of people want to say, you know what, that's what it was like in the, in the first century, but we're in the 21st century. Our culture is different. Times have changed. Women, women have all of the same rights as, as men do. We need to start allowing them to take up these roles in preaching and teaching and, and things of that nature. And they say that the reason why Paul in the New Testament commanded that women take a submissive role in those situations is because of their culture. Well, when you look at these two reasons, there is no reference to culture at all. He goes all the way back to creation. He says, Adam was made first. That has nothing, that is outside the bounds of culture. That has nothing to do with the culture of the first century. It goes all the way back to the beginning of time. First, Adam was formed. But not only that, he goes on, he gives us another reason in verse 14. The reason why this is the case is because Eve was the one that first fell into sin. Again, that's outside of culture. That has no relation, no connection to culture whatsoever. So when we look at these things and we are answering this question of are women allowed to preach or have these leadership roles within the church, the question is, what does the Bible say? What does God think? What does He require of us? And He commands that women are to be submissive in those situations. That they are not to have or to exercise that authority over the man. I hope that this has helped perhaps answer that question or reminded you of the reason of these things. Again, if you have further questions about this, feel free to contact us, to contact me. And we'd love to sit down and discuss these things further with you. I thank you for your time and for your attention today. And I hope that you will come back tomorrow as we are going to be looking at the question, are we the only ones going to heaven? So I thank you for your time and please come back tomorrow.